Welcome to Pull the Pin Ready War Room Edition. I'm your host, Jim. With me as usual is Mike. And here today, our special guest is Tori. Hi. <laughs> we can tell I didn't she never watched the episode. Say hi. Yeah. No. <laughs> we just leave it like that hey, just to see guys. what you do. <laughs> All right, Mike, the moment's over. Okay, sorry, sorry. How you how you doing, Tori? I'm good. How are you, Mike? All right. Hey, um, uh, let's just get started here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, so I know Jim from 209th. We were in the army together. Um, we were in the 209th MP company in Fort McClellan, Alabama. I was his favorite person in the whole world, even though he doesn't like to tell people that. Um, yeah. Um, I live with my husband and our kids up in Vermont, and we're living the dream. All right. So, how long were you in? Uh, three and a half years. Wow. Okay. Got into it a lot. <laughs> and now, did you go? Did you go to a, a basic AIT at McClellan? I did. Oh, and then you just stayed there. Yeah, honest to God, I cried when I got my orders that I was going to stay at Fort McClellan and tried to give them away. Wow. <laughs> it didn't work. Nobody wanted them. No, everybody wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but in all fairness, Tori, I'll, I'll say that is my favorite unit ever, ever. Throughout my entire military career, there's nothing to be said for the 209th. Maybe that was a leadership, yeah. you know, maybe it was a leadership at the time. So, but favorite ever. Yeah, I've heard that a lot from all kinds of people. None of them you remember, apparently. But a lot of people that we were in 209th with have said the same thing, that it was the best unit they were with. Wow. Yeah, I, I probably contributed to the leadership, though. I think right right down top to bottom, we had amazing leadership. I mean, it, there yeah. was very few uh, bad apples in that bunch. Well, uh, what rank were you there, Jim? Um. Did I make my corporal there? I think you did. I think I, I think just made were... my corporal or, or maybe, or maybe oh, I made God. my sergeant there. No. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think you were, God, I want to say you were a specialist when I got there. Yeah, but I mean, I, I obviously was a team leader, so I had to be at least a specialist. And, and yeah. I, I think I made my corporal. Yeah, I remember being a corporal down at the motor pool. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember because I was in the arms room for a little while too. Okay. Yeah, where yeah. all the fun stuff happened. Yeah, all the fun stuff. <laughs> so, are you still uh, in law enforcement, Tori? Me? Yes. No. Oh. No. Um, so, my problem is I'd probably shoot people first and then ask questions later because I don't like people. They're annoying. What? And why was she my favorite person? I can't remember. Because I'm awesome. And she didn't shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. There you go. That's why she's my favorite. <laughs> You're still alive because of me. Mm. And the fact that you live in Vermont. <laughs> that too. So how'd you go from Alabama up to Vermont, if you don't mind me asking? So I met this hot guy <laughs> when I was in Alabama. Um, and 20 something years later, he found me on Facebook. We have a guy, um, his name is Will Holloway that he posted something in our 209th Facebook page oh, Okay. and I commented on it and this hot guy stalked me <laughs> for a couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
So we started talking on Facebook and the rest is history. Oh, I lived in Pennsylvania at the time. He lived in Vermont and we would, I would travel back and forth because nobody wants to visit Pennsylvania. Mm. So, and it's absolutely gorgeous up here. So I would travel every three months we would get together. Um, even if it was just for a weekend oh, that's and cool. then, yeah. And then he chose me. Yeah. So, so yeah, I wanted to ask you because uh, apparently, obviously, he was at Fort McClellan as well. Did you know him at Fort McClellan first, or did you just know he was there? No, I knew him there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know. I, I like um, I said, my memory's shot. No, that's okay. Um, I just feel like it, there's this huge stigma around women in the military. So his wife hated me as much as everybody else's wife hated me. So stigma. <laughs> Mike? Yes. Uh, no, nothing. I have nothing for that. No, <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, you were Jim's favorite guy, so, I mean, favorite soldier, so. Mm. Now, was he your favorite I didn't know person? I was a guy. No, 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 I got that mixed up. I was about to say something else, but. Well, uh, was he your favorite person? Um, I have a lot of fond memories of Jim. <laughs> He was in, um, I was in first squad. Wait, 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 hold on here. This is not going to be a show about revealing Jim's history, Mike. You're not doing that. I was trying, I was trying. (laughs) So, Mike, if you really want to reveal Jim's history, he has a photo album. And all I'll say is it's a photo album and there's some New Jersey Devils stuff. All you're getting out of me. So, uh... Next. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> so he had this car when we were in Alabama. And if somebody walked too close to it, he made the alarm go off. Like he'd literally nope. sit in his room in the barracks and turn the alarm off. Viper nope. is no, armed. I didn't. No, I didn't, Mike. You, yes, you know the did. perimeter. You know the perimeter alarms when they used to speak. Protected by Viper. Stand back. Hey, let me ask you something, uh, Tori. What do you think about uh, today's military versus when we were in? Um, I think there's a lot of differences now that I don't want to talk crap because honestly, I didn't really do much when I was in. I mean, I went to the Olympics in Atlanta, Hmm. um, got my ass hogtied. So my experience in the military was way different than a lot of other people's. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole story. Hog-tied, I can tell yeah. you. <laughs> so, oh, you didn't get hogtied, Mike? No, I didn't know oh. I got hogtied there. Yeah. So good story. Um, so we were staying in this school and my team was in a conference room, like a, uh, like the principal's office. And then they had the guidance counselors and stuff. So it was me and like four dudes. So our team leader went to go get lunch or dinner, whatever he was doing. And the next thing I know, he's coming back and we had a cardboard cut out in the window. So people walking by couldn't look in because that's where we slept. We did everything in there. Um, So he came back and he heard all this noise and there was like four guys standing outside the room and he's like, what the hell are you doing? They're like, I think somebody's getting beat up in there. So he walked in, I'm laying on the ground with my arms tied behind my back and my feet tied behind my back and everybody just standing there. And I looked up and I was like, Hey, Sergeant, how you doing? Well, you didn't wave, right? 
Well, no, I didn't wave because I, I did. I was like, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a lot of stories from the Olympics. Um, that's the first time I, and the last time I ever tried chewing tobacco. Mm. Um, oh, it was vile and disgusting. Um, Tell me about it. It was like the worst hangover ever. And I walked into the room and my team leader was like, what the hell did you do to her? Is she drunk? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and puked <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was um, kind of a hellion in my younger days. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And let me guess, Mr. Corporal Cohen over here took care of you, huh? No, I don't think you were. You weren't even in my team, right? You weren't even in my platoon. No, I wasn't in your team, but I, I was in your. God, you suck. Your memory is horrible. I do. You yeah. gotta lay off the booze and the no, drugs. No, I, I don't even smoke, drink. I don't do any of that anymore. No, that no. crack is whack, Jim. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm, t- I'm telling you, this memory loss is is voluntary. No, uh, I yeah. was in. So we were both in second platoon. I was in first squad, and you were in fourth, I believe. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> no, no. Wow. Yeah. Your memory sucks. Protected by Viper. Stand back. <laughs> That's why he doesn't remember that he used to do that. Yeah. I didn't do that. Drugs. It was a sensor thing. <laughs> mm. It was cool back then, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would call that cool. Mm. It was funny. It was funny as hell when people would walk by and it would start going off. And they'd all look around. Well, don't right. you remember who was I don't remember that dude's uh oh he had a Jeep, I think. Remember he had a he had the same thing with his was screaming, help me, help me, or something. Yeah. His um, alarm was I believe I believe that was um Dicky and he was in second platoon too. Yeah. yeah. Oh his, no. his was a little weird. No. Maybe, maybe it was him, but I do you remember they used to steal somebody's Jeep? Like she used to leave the the doors off her Jeep and they'd go in the barracks parking lot and move her Jeep all over the place. Awesome. <laughs> Camaraderie, right? Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. so what, what would you, uh, what would be your opinion about the state of America today? Um, I'm honestly really sick and tired of this friggin' coronavirus. Mm. I, Eight hours a day, I go to work. I have to wear a mask. So I take the bus into work. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Well, it's not bad. So it's a, a transit bus. Mm-hmm. So it picks me up like five minutes from the house, drives me to work, picks me up after work and drives me back to the bus stop. And we have to wear a mask on the bus. I have to wear a mask at work. I have to wear a mask on the way home. It's like suffocating. And mm-hmm. it's, I think everybody is going through the same thing. Oh, yeah. So, so we're all banded together in our misery, but yeah. it's, it's a hot mess. Yeah. It's all just, it sucks. I'm really tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were queen for a day, what changes would you make, if any? I'd have more money. Of course. <laughs> um, I'd wear my tiara around every single day. Um, I wouldn't have my husband watching me and censoring me the whole time I was on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, to the dungeon. Yes. yes. 
you're going to get on the rack later. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> Looking like that. You could use a little stretch, um, right? Yeah. um i don't know i think it's hard because no matter what decision you make everybody's going to find fault in what you did either you did you did things too quickly and people are going to say that you this was too fast we shouldn't have done this you know need to let it run its course and then there's people that are going to say you waited too long like doing now you waited too long we should have done this months ago in december they were talking about covid um they were talking about it in china and we were sitting and waiting like the rest of the world was but Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden we're the bad guys and everybody waited too long we should have done things faster and we didn't even know what the hell we were fighting right right okay so do you think uh, we should ban travel still or just go return to normal? Um, I think returning to normal and I'm assuming normal means opening bars and restaurants and yeah, um, going back to school is normal. Yeah, I I honestly think that's a bad idea. I think mm. that there has to be some kind of precautions in place or people are just going to get... And it's not just getting sick once. There's people get sick multiple times with the same coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. we've seen it. um, My husband and I have seen it ourselves that one day you have a family member who tests positive. And within days, you have multiple family members in the same household who test positive. So it's not something that, well, I wore a mask today, so I'm good. But you go home to your family after being at work all day, so you're exposing all of those people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Jim? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's real, but I mean, obviously, to me, like I said, I don't look at um, the the sick people getting sick. I mean, how many people get the flu? I mean, I, I look at the death rate. Are people really dying from this, or is it just like the flu? I mean, is it? I'm sure in the heat of the moment when they're sick as hell, they feel like they're dying. Well, no doubt. I was telling Mike last February, I I got diagnosed with the flu um, and it is the worst thing I've ever experienced. And I I remember having the flu. Well, I don't remember a very long time, but I mean, I've had walking pneumonia, things like that. I don't remember it being this bad. So I think the VA just had no clue. I had coronavirus and just said, Oh, it's the flu. Have a good day. Mm. You know? So I get it's bad. I'm not doubting the virus is bad, but I mean, still at the end of the day, what are you willing to sacrifice? I mean, do we, do we shut everything down? Everybody stay in the house. I mean, what do you do? I, I think that's a tough call. I mean, we just had to make the call. Um, our kids are all not local, but they're within a couple hours of us. And we had to tell them all to stay away. And for a parent, that was a really hard decision for both of us to make because now we don't get to see them for the holidays. And I don't foresee Christmas being any easier or any different than it is now. Right. But so yeah. how long do you do this, though? Like, what if Christmas it's not gone? I mean, what if next year it's not gone? Like, when do we come out of our shelters, you know, and go out and see the world after the apocalypse? When do we do it? And at what cost? Well, if there's zombies, I'm stabbing them. <laughs> yeah, we've seen, have- we seen a knife. Yeah. Somebody's getting stabbed And I just got a hunting rifle So they're getting shot too 
Yeah. I think uh, yeah. to Jim's point about, you know, when do we return? It's like, how long do we stay in the shelters? For me, uh, it's hard. As I can't believe I'm about to defend politicians here. Good Lord. <laughs> but it's, that's a fine line because you have to live with whatever decision you make. And no matter right. what, unless it just goes away completely, the cure, vaccine, whatever, unless it just goes away completely, it's not going to be the right decision to someone or some group, you know? So my right. thing is they have to tread carefully. And there's a spike right now in cases, and we talked about that before, Jim, but the death rate is not uh, really going, it's not skyrocketing like the death, uh, not like the number of cases is. So I, I see a difference there. I don't know why. No one's ever even talking about it. And I don't know why they're not talking about that neither, but it's just kind of, it's funny to me. I think you, you know? mentioned it, politics. They there say it's go. not political, and I do believe the virus doesn't choose a side. Yeah. But the people in politics are using the virus to whatever advantage they can get. Yeah. Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I really don't. A good thing you're not queen for the day. Yeah. Yeah. If I yeah. was queen for the day, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> He'd wear his tiara have too. have a viper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I just think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I mean, they could open up tomorrow and we'd have another spike in cases or they can open up tomorrow and nothing will happen. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Nothing about our lives up here have changed because we really just stick to home. Um, mm. We do stuff at home with the kids. We have five and a half acres here. So like we're, it's kind of like being in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. we're five minutes from grocery stores and stuff and nobody bothers us. We have four houses on our road. Um, we're kind of isolated here. So we do a lot of stuff at home. So our home lives haven't really changed. Well, Five and a half acres in Vermont. Is it like half the state? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be jealous because you're living in the armpit of the country. Yeah, <laughs> not even the armpit. It's my little small little lot next to all the other small little lots that really irritate yeah. me. There you go. So I can't to... even see my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, but I bet you they're watching you. Five and a half acres. I bet they are. Where, where we live, Jim, they call that a neighborhood. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's a subdivision. Damn, five and a half acres. Yep. That's prime yep. real estate to some uh, developer, you know? So oh. so since, since we're on the COVID, though, I want to ask, because my, like my, my, my kid's school, my son was going five days a week. And um, they just announced this emergency meeting that they're now going to go back to plan B or whatever, which is him going two days a week, like in the other set of kids going the other two days a week. And I clearly want to know, I'm like, it, it, it's obviously the only advantage to that is the social distancing because otherwise it's like a virus roulette like what you're just hoping that monday the kids don't get sick but they get sick on thursday like what what you know you think there's any really validity to that i mean if it's really that bad why is anybody in school right so we have um we're doing the same thing up here evelyn's school thankfully they she goes five days a week um she has uh, shortened schedule on Wednesdays. They clean the school and do deep cleaning that day. So she gets to come home early. Um, but other schools in this area, they do, some of the kids go like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The other kids go Tuesday and Thursday, and then they rotate. As a parent, 
I can't remember half the time, like what the hell's going on. I can't remember what day it is. I thought today was Thursday. (laughs) I'm not going to remember what day they have to go to school and what day they're remote. I am not going to lie. My son had to text me from school yesterday. Dad, you're going to pick me up. We got half a day. Oh, my God. I left a Zoom meeting open, left and went to pick him up. (laughs) It's way too confusing. And I'm going to tell you, my kids' grades have plummeted. Tank. They're not about to sit at home and get online for hours and then get on the computer for hours to do homework. They ain't doing it. And and I I feel bad trying to make them do it. It's horrible. Mm. We did some work from home when this first started and it was rough. It's that's no joke. You have to be very disciplined and detail oriented to sit at home for eight hours a day and sit there and think, oh, shit, I got to I got like four loads of laundry. I got to do. I got to run the dishwasher. Boy, I should probably vacuum while I'm doing this. Mm. You have to be disciplined to sit there and do your eight hours of work because I work at a hospital. Um, I have a headset and everything like Mike's fancy headset there. And I'm constantly talking to patients and taking phone calls and you leave your phone open and you can hear it ring, but you have to have time to get from the basement at the laundry and back upstairs yeah. before yeah. that thing stops ringing. And it's yeah. really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was going to say that. adults can't even do it. Like how many adults yeah. can't even work from home and you want these kids to do it right. and learn from it. Yeah, no, it's it's too hard. I think yeah. all these kids' grades are suffering. I mean, it's too well. Maybe hard. they should just cancel out the school year. Sacrifice oh, that. God, why would you say that? That's you don't have kids at home, do you, Mike? Oh, I, I know, I do. That's an inside joke, Tori. I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you, Tori. Thank you, because some lady in in our school, our neighborhood <laughs> thing, posted that. She literally posted, well, they should probably just cancel the year and keep everyone back. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, in your little mind, that makes sense. But what are you doing with the kindergartners next year? Yeah. And kindergarten is twice as big. Guess what? First grade is going to have the, it's just not possible. Yeah. Yep. That's why when you sent me that, I was like, wow, man, somebody's wrapped up in their own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. They're not thinking about everyone else. This lady's not the first. It's not the first time. Believe me. I'm just I just couldn't believe when I saw that post. I I had to screenshot and be like, are you serious, lady? Like, I didn't even say anything to her. I just let her sit in it. Yeah. Let it go. Let Mm, it go, man. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I think uh, like places like Vermont, where Tori is, I think that's an exception. Like, um, yeah. like out my kids, as you very well know, Jim, they, they go to kindergarten, they go five days a week. And since they started, they have three cases now. And the week before, last week, they told everybody to stay home. And since this week was a short week, they said just stay home and they're going to resume normal because that's the 14 days now to see if anyone else has it. So they're going to resume normal on Monday. I didn't like it, as Jim, you can attest to that last week. Oh, my Lord, we were hurting. I was hurting, you know? <laughs> and uh, I just can't wait till we just go back to normal. I, you know, like I said, that's what I just said. Give me some consistency. Like, yeah. I get it. Don't play the game. Yeah. Just keep them all home. But you know what made me even more mad is there's people in the in the little meeting that are that are complaining that we should probably keep them home. And I'm sitting here thinking, why are you in this meeting? Because when this all started, you had the option to mm-hmm. keep them home all yeah. year. Like you literally yeah. had the, op- and they didn't choose that. They wanted to right. take, take their kids back to school. Now they're complaining for the option. Like what? But yeah. I don't care either way. Like Tori said, this doesn't really affect my life. It hurts my children. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But my life isn't really affected. Right. I know when this all started, before we went to the shortened schedule and everything and working remote, that was torture. Like Evelyn, she had such a hard time with that, with socially, because the only people she ever saw were the people in this house. Um, Mm. We stopped taking her out with us. She didn't go grocery shopping. She didn't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. Um, And that was our decision as her parents to do that. But she desperately needed some socialization. So I'm glad that she's able to get that now. Um, She does have, there's a lot of kids in her class that are going remote and have been remote since the beginning of the year. But I think she needs that interaction with other kids and needs to be around other people besides us because we get annoying and she needs needs her friends. I totally agree. I think you're annoying too, Jim. Yeah, I'll second that. But in all fairness, like like I said, my daughter, this is her first year in high school. This is her ninth grade, new state, new school. Mm. She has not even three days she's went to school. And they're all like these. She doesn't know anybody. Nothing. Nothing. And and then oh. she's supposed to do this stuff at home on the computer. And I'm, it's, I laugh because, you know, every once in a while, Mike, he, he kind of creeps down his picture. When, when I look at her classroom, her online classroom, every kid has the camera here or pointed at the ceiling <laughs> or nobody's like even on the camera. It's just so funny. Like they're not even paying attention. Yeah. That should be a clue right there to the teachers that this is useless. It's not working. Yeah. So what do they do? They're not paying attention. But what do the teachers do? they assign extra work. Like these kids mm. are going to get off, off this class and then go do like four hours of homework. Right. One right. Class. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So, so they, it's, going, it's going to the point where it's just going to be a check the block. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's fine. Yeah. Check the block, teach them and then give them tests. Stop bombarding yeah. them with homework or, or reduce right. the, what they're learning this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I put agree. them behind a little bit, whatever, but don't hold them back. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't just pass them through either. They got to learn something. Yeah, I agree. They, they had this thing in Pennsylvania. I don't know if it was around the country, but it was no kid left behind. Mm. So there were literally kids that had like a third grade reading level that were in high school because instead of teaching the kid how to read, you just bumped him up to the next grade. I feel like that's where this is going. That's Okay, so you really sucked and COVID happened, but we're going to let you go through to fourth and fifth and sixth grade. And we're going to have kids that don't know anything. Yeah. How about the college? It wasn't your fault that you didn't learn your ABCs. It was due to COVID. So we're not going to punish you by holding you back and making you repeat the kindergarten. You know, everybody gets a trophy. Kindergarten can go without without school all you want, but you talk about seniors mm-hmm. getting ready for college. Talk yeah. about colleges. Yeah. Like, what do you do? You make these kids pay for a whole year and they can't show up or right. have to do online courses. Nope. Not everybody thrives online courses, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. crazy. I'll just give everyone a 4.0 in every class, I guess. Go. I don't know. <laughs> and then let what do you do your with doctor. the kids? Yeah. The, the kids with sports that are counting to go to college on mm-hmm. scholarships. Yeah. You don't have that senior year of high school to to bank on that scholarship. Nobody coming mm-hmm. out and scouting. Like, what right. do you do with those kids? Yeah. What What would we do in the military? <laughs> Suck it up and keep going. We continue the mission, right? We'd find a way to to make it, make the mission, mitigate the factors, do the risk management, and find a way. Risk assessment, baby. That's it. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, and what happens when that risk assessment is off the charts? Hey, the cam- commander's going to come in there and sign off for it. Yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, which one of you guys are going to take your mask off first? Yeah, that's right. Where's the private? Oh, the lowest ranking. That's there right. I am. <laughs> that's it. And the military will survive. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, why don't we uh, go ahead and wrap this up here, and we're going to give you uh, the last word, and this is obviously what I was, I was saying, where you get to talk about something in the world. Obviously, you probably complained through some things through the show, but you get to pick some specific. Doesn't have to be related to anything we're talking about, just anything out there. Just let us know what annoys you, and we'll wrap it up with that. It's all yours. So, um, I don't find it annoying, but I was approached by a coworker a few days ago. Um, there's somebody, God help me, I can't remember the guy's name, that's doing a piece about women in the military and sexual misconduct and all this other stuff. I know there's a lot of stuff going on at Fort Hood. Um, and I explained to her, she asked me because I was in the military and she knows that, did you ever experience that? And I, t- I can honestly say that when I was in 209th that I feel like the guys in that unit kind of looked out for us. Like we, we were very protected there and I've never once questioned that somebody had my back or somebody was looking out for me. And I feel like even now through Facebook and there's a 209th page that they don't let anybody mess with you. There's a lot of like inner anger that goes into some of those conversations and some fighting that people have amongst themselves. But at the end of the day, they're there and they have your back and whatever you need, they'll help you out. Like I had to go to a funeral last year in Texas and I messaged a guy and I said, Hey, do you Uber in this part of the state and he said yes met me at the airport me and my mother we went to go get our car and they wouldn't rent it to us he came back to the car rental and took us back to the airport so we could rent a car it's just oh they wouldn't let you rent the car because you had out of state license or something like that yes yeah Yeah, they suck in texas sorry yeah no no no. Um, i I just i had experienced that too i was like what the hell yeah yeah. Oh, I was pissed. I was hot. I was it was like, 80 degrees when we got there. Oh, we cold. had luggage and the guy said, we can take you anywhere you want to go. And I said, well, take us back to the airport. And he said, well, we can't go into the airport. And I said, well, where the hell are you going to take us? And he said, I can t- drop you off at the Waffle House. And I said, okay, how far is that? And he said, it's a mile. And I was like, you expect my old ass mother and her luggage to walk a mile to that airport? So I called him up and I said, I I really hate to do this. Can you come get us? And he turned around, lost money because he was driving and doing all kinds of other stuff. Lost money to come back and help us. Mm. So I I can say when she asked me that, I was kind of shocked and I know there's people that go through things like that and that's part of their military experience. And it kind of makes me sad because I didn't experience that with that group. It was a very tight knit group. And even now it's still a tight knit group. And that's one of the things I'm thankful for, for my experience when I was in the military, that I have this other family that I can count on minus Jim, because he's crazy. Hey, I have to imagine if you're hogtied and you can say that, Something's got to be right. <laughs> that was the funnest trip that I've been trip. We'll like I was mind. on vacation. That yeah. was the funnest thing ever. Like we were in just one more story. So we, there was a library and a school 
and they had these like half shelves for the bookshelves. Um, and I remember two people and chasing me around that library and I climbed up on one of the bookshelves and I was hopping across them to get away. And this lieutenant walks in and he was like, so what's going on in here? And there I am laying on the floor and people pinning me down. And I was like, hey, sir, we're just having a good time. I can't even imagine what goes on in that house. Yeah. <laughs> Some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> back there like, oh, hogtied, huh? We never discussed that. <laughs> he's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I never heard this story. He's looking at you like, he's holding up the rope like, hurry up with that episode. Come on, we got to go. <laughs> I told you, I'm going to put him on the rack later tonight. So I said, Bill's How far learning, I can stretch him out. He's learning just as much as we are about her. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, Tori, we thank you for coming. Uh, thanks for joining us here. Mike, uh, you can tell Thanker too, but instead of doing it while I'm ending the show. <laughs> Mike likes to cut me off when I'm trying to end the show. Hey, Joy, it's very nice to meet you. Appreciate you coming on the nice. show. Yeah. <laughs> nice meeting you too, Mike. Yeah, he's uh, very rude. He's I very know. rude. I know. And that is all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. We hope to see you back next time. And until then, Godspeed. Hey, and pull the pin. <laughs> 